Welcome to the Localist Podcast, a podcast showcasing the local heroes of Pakistan. People creating positive change and driving the country towards a better future. I'm Mo. I'm Rabia. And, and we, we are, are the Localists. Localists. Welcome back to the Localist Podcast. I'm Mo. And I'm Rabia. Hi, right, guys. For and me, we are the Localists. <laughs> <laughs> For me, one of the greatest things about living in Karachi is the interesting people that you run into. You'll be sitting, chilling with some friends, and someone will casually drop that they're an artist, a writer, or an economist. <laughs> Which is precisely what happened with the founders of Iran. Today, we've got Halima and Maya with us today, who are two of the brilliant minds behind the fintech startup, Iran. Welcome to the show, ladies. Hi. Hi. I didn't know Halima before, though. Okay. Yeah. So you get a cookie. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll get into Iran in a little bit. But what I want to start with is you guys yourselves, like how you got to this point. So who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right. So we've got Halima speaking first. All right. Yeah. So um, I started university with the dream of becoming a lawyer. Um, I went to a math and engineering university in Waterloo, Canada, and very quickly I realized that that path of going down law school is nothing of interest to me anymore. I wanted to become an investment banker because all around me were these math geniuses going into investment banking. <laughs> so I networked my way into it. Two years working at one of the top banks in Canada, I realized, actually, I want to be a consultant now. So now, then I moved into consulting um, for fintech products, but for banks. And during that period, I saw the change happening between immigrants and money and millennials and that relationship just uh, becoming stronger and stronger and banks and fintechs had a lot to play uh, the role to play in that 2017 a decade later I was burnt out and I was missing home and I wanted to come back so during this time I also went back to school um, to do chef school so I'm a certified chef as well I'm um, aware of these things yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 2017 I was burnt out I wanted to come back I was getting married so I made a bunch of these big decisions in my life uh, in one year actually in just one month moved back with this dream of oh I'm gonna be able to right off the bat I have this experience I'm gonna be able to solve for all the problems in Pakistan when it comes to finance but the reality was very very different the market was massive the market was completely untapped and players that were in the market were more on the exploitative route rather than actually doing something well for the country Mm-hmm. And that's where the journey of Iran started. We picked up a very, very specific problem of why savings to GDP is so low in Pakistan. And that's where Maya came in um, and started heading our community piece and training piece, which was very important to us. So Maya, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So um, yeah, I'm Maya and I am the economist that Mo met <laughs> <laughs> at a random gathering. Uh, so I did my developmental economics. I did my master's in that. And then after that... Uh, for me, it, I was always clear that, okay, I'm going to come back because my field, which is development sector, uh, it has a lot of, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in Pakistan for that. So I came back and uh, the day I moved back, two days later, I moved to Islamabad. And from there, I was into the fields of Punjab doing research work because I joined this organization. Four months of that, I was like, okay, I need to do more. Uh, enough of the rural work. I need to see what's happening in the urban 
urban setting. So I moved back to Karachi and uh, I was working there. About a year ago, I had just stopped working in one company and I remember, okay, this is a very interesting story. So basically, Friday was my last working day and the next Monday, I was sitting at a salon thinking, okay, now what? What am I going to do? I've worked in the rural setting. I've worked in the urban area as well. What is? What am I going to do? I, I have no idea. And I get this call uh, from someone and she says to me, that was Farwa, she's the co-founder of Oran. She says to me, uh, listen, we're doing some research and I heard about you from XYZ and, you know, I, I need your, if you could help us get some people for research, that would be great. So I was like, okay, well, I can help you, but I'm not working in that place anymore. So, uh, but I can see what I can do. She's like, oh, well, you're not working there. Okay, well, why don't you come for an interview? And that's it. Can you imagine? So I was like, okay, the timing of this, the universe has just sent me something. I don't know anything about this company. All I know is that I know Farwa's sister. So, okay, I'll go. I'll go and I'll go meet these people. And I went there and I initially I came on board as a consultant. You can ask Kalima, like three months of that was like, am I working here full time? Should I join? Should I not join? This is fintech. I don't know anything about this space. But when I was working over there, I realized that actually what I came back to do from after my master's is to make a like a change and impact in the lives of people I was very much achieving that by working at Oran so I joined them full time took on board the whole financial literacy piece because we believe that if you want to change anything change any behavior and we're looking into the savings and investment behavior you have to do education uh, you have to give awareness and that's the part that I took over um, when it came to Oran and that's how our journey began. Yeah. So interesting thing to mention over here is that when I joined, we were in a research phase. So we were we, very underground and shady. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. These guys are very shady. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, all right then. Uh, let's just see where this goes. But the thing is that we, whatever we created, it came after big research that we conducted, which is what led us over here, basically. I think... Um, this is what I'm a firm believer of, that you need to, to create something, you know, special. You need people from different disciplines to come together because, you know, that's, the, to me, the interdisciplinary approach is the best way to go forth, right? Yeah. You can't have, yeah. like, people that are trained to look through a certain lens just do something yeah. where you might be missing things. So I yeah. like that. I really appreciate that, you know, there was that thought and vision. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And that's what we've built the team on as well, right? <clears throat> like my, ba- my background is in banking. The other founder is an uh, industrial designer, actually. Maya has... Uh, she's that's why the app's so pretty, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I noticed. I browsed yeah, through Yeah, definitely, <laughs> So we've put in a lot of thought and come together as really a collaborative place where everybody gets a voice and we're able to execute on that voice. So you guys mentioned something. You, um, Halima, you talked about being able to solve. And I, and I, I think this might have been um, slightly before we started the podcast, mm-hmm. but you were talking about, OK, I'm going to come back. I'm going to solve all of Pakistan's like financial problems and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But then you got here and the reality hit that the the human capital or everyone's talking about like talent 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 but the talent is not well groomed and maya literally echoed that sentiment like mm. 30 seconds ago saying that there's an educational piece that's that's missing here rewind for localists like regular listeners we had atif saying exactly the same thing about how about how he's having to 
he went into a business and he's like, oh, wait, now we don't have the staff. We're going to have to create an education program just so we can keep delivering at a high level, right? Yeah. Yeah. So would you guys like to talk about that yeah. a little bit or the Defin- problems you faced with Definitely. That? So there are two kinds of problems that we're talking about. One is the talent that comes into companies to build a product with us. And then there's a talent or the education piece when you go to the masses with a product or a service is an education piece that needs to be catered to before you can actually integrate your product into their lives, right? So the first part where getting the right talent to build a team, I think one of the struggles that most startups have in Pakistan especially is putting the right team together. Yeah. I think part of it is um, our schools are not training, are not giving the right kind of training, not, not giving them the right kind of education. Then there is this whole glamour around the startup world that hum, whenever we go in, um, in a year's time, we're going to be millionaires and we're going to have a good exit. And <laughs> that's it. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So it requires a lot of resilience. It requires a lot of exposure. It requires actually understanding the process problems of your customer rather than rather than taking it from an internal view that this is what I want to build because yeah. if you want to build something nobody's actually going to buy because there will be there will be no demand so that gap needs to be catered to and that comes through education that comes through training not just like um, training with tools but a training of your mindset mm-hmm. and that's extremely important and that's the same principles that we apply when it comes to education in terms of um, financial literacy for our customers yeah. I can put out as pretty of a product as I want as like as functional of a product as I want if my customer does not understand the need of it or why it is important in their lives and how can it make it better they're not going to use it. Yeah. And when it comes to financial literacy across demographics from your elite to your lower middle uh, lower class, you see it's 20% financial literacy. Where we cannot solve for financial inclusion if you don't solve for financial literacy and it has to go hand in hand cuz we're hitting 2020 and our uh, GDP to savings, our uh, financial inclusion, everything's looking terrible, man. So Come two things. Yeah. yeah. I have two questions. Yeah. 20%? Yes. Throughout? Throughout. This demographic? Yes. That's shocking. It is. And yeah. uh, what's shocking is our financial inclusion rate. It's 14%. Yes. We're a population of 207 million people, out of which only 5% is women. Yeah. 5% of half of your population is fi- financially included. And what does financial inclusion mean for laymen like me? So financial inclusion is anybody who has access to um, a formal economy or financial institution. Like a financial product, yeah. basically. So they could have a bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They could be using a digital financial services like your Easy Pesas and Jazz Cash. Or they, they're some way included in the formal economy. When it comes to women... 50% of our population is women, out of which 5% is financially included. That's a massive, massive problem. Yeah, it's a huge problem. And my second question is the national, the GDP to savings. Yes. Yeah. What does that mean? So uh, GDP to savings is how much percentage of uh, savings are part of your GDP. 
like so basically it our gdp to savings is 7% so only 7% of our gdp is made from our savings see when an economy is saving formally all that money it comes into the formal sector when it's sitting in the banks that means it's part of the formal economy only 7% of our money is sitting in the banks the rest is all in the informal economy and I mean, it has a direct effect to everything else right you you, you talked about before we started talking about this uh, on this podcast was wages if you don't have enough money sitting into your bank account or into the formal economy you will not be able to create enough opportunities you will not be able to create enough opportunities your job uh, wages are not get get directly affected all of this has a direct effect so our our mission and vision is how can we increase the savings to gdp and bring money that's being sitting in the informal economy into the formal economy so the informal economy I have yeah. lots of questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, this is my financial literacy <laughs> session, guys. This is what I got them on. <laughs> so, by informal economy, you mean they're just keeping cash with them? Yes, and that's so it. So they're, they're saving just, traditionally, yeah. or they're uh, talking, or, or do you mean like jewelry? Does jewelry count as informal economy? Yes, yes. people think yes. Gay. yes. yes. Okay, it's an uh, asset. Yes, yeah. I and have like, massive uh, opinions around. I can that. see that <laughs> your face, like you know, you feel uh, very strongly so about this. So informal economy. So when we started out, uh, one thing that we've done differently um, is we were because there, there was formal data available. Like a World Bank was saying something, State Bank was saying something. There was a bunch of stats and facts available. But when you look at it and you compare it to the informal economy, there is there's massive population that is still surviving and doing something. they are income earners what is happening so for us it was important to understand what is that space looking like so we went on to do our research with a sample size of 2000 people across the urban centers in pakistan and what we found out which is very very surprising to most people um 41% of those people were rotating money in committees Oh, which is your roskas that's where it is 41% oh. of the money was being um in the formal economy so people are saving and they're saving through informal means because there's no trust with the formal uh, yes. economy yes. there's no literacy around yeah. it there's this whole misconception around halal I have a few examples halal. for that yeah yeah halal and haram banking yeah. and interest and all of that yeah. stuff so there massive massive barriers that we as a company have to constantly um cross and overcome to be able to put a dent in the market in the system yeah. no so i'll give you example so we go out and we do these financial literacy workshops we do them with schools with universities with uh, corporates and with vocational training institutes now these are people who are uh, about to earn money about to enter the formal job market we also do it with teachers you know and one question that comes across all the time is one question that i got from salon workers was madam i open a bank account they took my money i'm never going to trust them again that's a good why did they take your money i don't know they said it was some sort of a fees now that lady opened her bank account the bank actually failed her because they didn't explain to her at opening that listen your fees is going to be deducted mm-hmm. and this rumor circulated all across her group of workers and they don't trust bank accounts yeah. they don't want to open bank accounts then uh, we were with a bunch of teachers and we said you know you should open a savings account because money that is just sitting in your current account and decreasing in value because money that's just sitting around is decreasing in value yep. because of inflation that you are protecting that money by putting it in a savings account and getting a return they said no we cannot put a sa- open the savings account because it's haram 
it's not Sharia compliant. We said, okay, how about you open up Islamic bank savings account? No, but we've heard that's also not Sharia compliant. So do you understand? And these are people who are earning an income. These are people who are running families. These are people who are actually big customers for banks. They all have this massive uh, mistrust with the formal economy because they don't know a they don't they don't realize that inflation is eating their money and how important it is to invest b the banks have somehow failed them like failed to like keep them even if they open a bank account they feel so unsafe that they close them and that is the case with majority of the uh, majority of salon workers at least that we've worked with and see they somebody has to explain to them that listen if you are opening a sharia compliant bank account it is actually sharia compliant because of xyz reasons so these are the kind of things that we've seen with our audiences these are the these are the factors that exist that need to be addressed and that happens with financial literacy so I have two questions at this stage, right? Okay. One is, um, and this came up when we were doing our research on you guys as well, is you were talking about the gross national savings being at like uh, at its lowest point in yeah. 10 years. You've referenced at various points, GDP to savings ratio is yeah. what you were talking about mm-hmm. just now. And right before we started the podcast, you said that it's at its lowest ever, mm. right? Mm. Maybe I misheard that, but whatever it is, why... Why is it that way? So, if this data that we uh, and wait, sorry, why is it? Why is that also really important? That you know, why yeah. is that? You know? So, um, you're if you don't have an adequate um, savings to GDP, your economic growth is directly hindered. I right? can explain right. that. Right. Yeah. So you actually just explained it five minutes ago. <laughs> yes. <I'm>, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, I think I've asked this or somebody's asked. I can can make it a very, like, this is what I say in my financial literacy sessions, Mm -hmm. right? Why is it important that our country is not saving enough? So what? How does it affect our personal lives, right? So I always ask my, like, the students, I'd say, um, if you want to create a second floor to your house, okay, uh, you can either tap into your savings. But if you don't have savings, what do you do? Mm. What do you do? You take a loan. Yeah. Okay. What is our biggest problem at the moment? We in don't Pakistan. Trust banks. We don't take loans. We take no Pakistan, the As economy of Pakistan. Oh, we've got way too many loans. Why? Because we cannot raise that finance internally because half of it is outside of the formal economy. Uh, and that's uh, there. Uh, and if you look at like if you look at uh, if you compare us to um, countries which has similar um, geographies and um, economies and all of that stuff, we're at the lowest. We're lower than Malaysia and um, um, India, India Bangladesh, China. And these are, okay, sure, they're developing uh, economies and they've done well. But least developed countries. They're at 11%. We are at 7%. <gasps> and they're, mm. least developed countries are at 11%. We're way below the least developed countries. So, I mean, we're going to have a big challenge. And this, and this goes back in almost entirely to a lack of education and mistrust with the financial system yes. that is currently yes. in place. Yes. Institutions, yeah. 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 And then my next question was going to be because I, I had this written down because this was this is where my like Oran education journey started <laughs> was you guys referenced committees. Yes. Okay? yes. And when I got here, um, yeah. as with most people, and I re- like reading some of the literature inside your app and stuff like mm-hmm. that, yeah. inevitably my first thought was like, oh, Rabia's mom goes to committee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, stuff, and I'm like, so Listen, this, this is some kind of everyone's stuff. mother. Okay, forty-one <laughs> percent of your population. Forty-one percent of the forty-one percent of our moms. <laughs> We've got men in the studio so, who also 
which is again one parties. of the myths. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a men big myth. and women take part in committees equally. Well, no, I'm not. I'm oh, not, I, didn't, I didn't say yes. that. So hold yeah. on, wait. Okay, wait. Let's 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 get to the. Uh, what are you saying? So what I what I wanted to say is so as far as I was concerned, this is a social gathering, whether it's for men or for women. Yeah. I wasn't really concerned. Yeah. But then when you started talking about it from a formal savings perspective, I then looked it up on. Um, Wikipedia, mm. and then I spoke to my mother-in-law about it, mm. and then I'm like, oh, oh. Yeah. so explain, because there are, as we can tell from what Robbie and I just started like yeah. arguing over, yeah. is there are a lot of misconceptions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think it's a great a topic yeah. to talk about. So I don't even know where to begin. This is my favorite topic. <laughs> <laughs> it would be. Let's talk, let's talk about um, So, um, you guys are aware what roscas are, right? Like a group of people or committees are. There are oh, 10 yes. people who okay. come together. They'll pool a bunch of uh, money together and one person gets the pot of uh, money. Every month. Yes, every month till the cycle ends. Um, so what what we, these roscas, a, they're 41% of the population is doing roscas informally right now. Um, these roscas are done primarily because they're Sharia compliant. Inherently, there's no interest to it. The second thing is it provides access to liquidity, otherwise not available to majority of the population. Correct. Because we just, this is back yeah, to so, when Maya said yeah. there's no loan. There's no loan. No. Yeah. Um, there's access. Um, it, it acts as a forced budgeting aspect, right? Um, if I am earning 100,000 rupees a month and I have a family to support, I know that if I take all that money, I will not be able to... I, I have to put certain amount of money aside so that I can buy a fridge, I can do home renovations, I can go for travel. Whatever my saving motivations are, I need to put that aside and budget it. And then the fourth beautiful thing about this is because it's social capital, my reputation is at risk. If I default, I know that people are going to talk about that. So for that reason, I will make sure that month on month, whether I have money to eat or not, yeah. I will make sure that this payment happens. Yeah. And I, this is the only way I'm able to raise capital for my family to do things around the house in my life, finance all my life events from your child's education to your uh, child's wedding to yeah. um, Hajj and Umrah. Everything from wide good purchases, people are doing it through uh, these committees. committees and it's yeah. incredible. The stories that you hear, it's like how it's so powerful and how people have come together with the lack of financial institutions and created their own social banks and said, yeah. no, if nobody cares about us, let us care about us ourselves and take this matter into control. So I'll add to that. Um, firstly, like the incredible stories. One of the one one lady. She's a big hustler. She's one of our users. She runs her own clothing store. Her husband passed away when she was very young, and she has four kids to support. She's married off three of them with committees. Uh, so she said to me once, she's like a committee. Aisi cheez hai ke ghar mein aata ho na ho committee ke payment deni hai. Yeah, that's the impact. That's the that is how strong that will is that you have to pay your committee payments. Okay, if you have to, if you've taken the first slot, you've essentially taken a loan from your friends, right? So you have to give it back. Now, Halima has pointed out all the reasons why committees are successful in Pakistan. Committees are actually called ROSCAs, Rotating Saving Credit Credit Associations. And when at the first time, I mean, I knew about it because my nani and everybody does it. 
But I remember listening about this in my microfinance class. Our professor was explaining Roscas to us, and I'm like, "What? This sounds very familiar." Wait a second, our country. This is called committee. This is what my nani does. And he said, "Well, all developing countries where there is low financial inclusion, this is the only way people can actually raise finance for themselves." And that's where the concept comes from: that people get together and they raise money. They put they pool money together to raise finance and this is all across developing countries latin america egypt china all these places they all do a similar concept and the amount of money that's being rotated yes. in these committees globally is 450 billion dollars holy crap yes i'm getting goosebumps <laughs> yes <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And alone in Pakistan it's about 1.3 billion dollars and if we are able to even capitalize or capture a small percentage of that and move that into the formal economy uh, we've made a dent and that's really what we're going for. Ta- wow. Our target audience is um the middle income. Um, because we feel that they're not served at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um the state bank has a mandate to s- make sure that the unbanked people open up bank accounts. Sure that's a really big cause and it needs to happen. The banks actually care about your elite because that's where they make money from. Your yeah. middle class is um they're aspirational, they're overspenders. They have all these things that they want to do in their lives but the only problem is they're not able to raise capital from the formal economy. Hence they rely on their communities and they rely on their social networks. And that's why community plays such a big part in their lives. Lima, so, I wanted to I think we forget this, you know, because alhamdulillah we're we're uh we're so privileged, but it was brought to my attention that, you know, a person who's from the middle class, their their income is, you know, I don't know, I want you to tell me what is their income? What do you, what which is the bracket that they uh, lie in? So what we look at is 75,000 to 150,000 household income. Household income. Household yeah. income. Yeah. So what does that include like everyone yeah. in the well, yeah. yeah whoever is earning so your yeah. your husband or your father could be earning and you could be earning and then and your brother comes. could be it all comes together and that's really what we are targeting um but the stories that these uh, people have and the aspirations that these people have it's like anybody else right mm. um and we're just providing them with that platform that they're able to accelerate the ladder to another level of their income and another level of their income So yeah, committees play a massive role in their lives and uh we are very very proud of how we've integrated ourselves into that and started impacting so many women and so many men um to be able to achieve their goals whether it is uh, raising capital for the businesses to um sending their children to school to um go for Hajj or Umrah whatever the saving motivation is a committee just works for everybody. So I think this is a good time to talk about Oran itself as a product mm-hmm. as in what is the app what is it doing because you guys have made various references to what your targets are mm-hmm. and what you guys have been accomplishing stuff like that so let, let's break that down I've, obviously I've had a play with it I haven't actually put any numbers into it but I played the practice round a few times, right? <laughs> so, so 
<laughs> I, I love that. I yeah. love that I didn't have to actually start putting numbers yeah. in because that's always my biggest concern yeah. is that oh, I'm going to put this in that I'm going to want to change it later and yeah. oh, it's going to be such a bitch and I'm not going to do this, okay? <laughs> so what is it? Okay. Um, so Oran is a collaborative platform for group savings. Um, we purposely started out with providing a management tool to people who already do committees. For us, it was important to build that trust and to also understand what is it that, what are the real pain points of a customer before actually saying that we're going to be a full-fledged financial institution and we're going to solve all your problems. That doesn't work. With majority of the people, it doesn't work, especially in the finance space. So we started out with uh, building a management tool, which helps you record keep. If you are a committee uh, participant or a manager, it helps you just streamline the whole process because there's a lot of inefficiencies and like lack of transparency in the informal system. So we solved with that. What we are doing now, um, the fa- second phase of the product building was actually connecting people together. So we connect. You want to take part in a committee, um, you'll come to us. We'll help you find the right slot, um, right people to do committees with. All you have to do is just tell us what your need is and which month you need the um, committee in. And what is your willingness and ability to pay on a month-on-month basis? Mm -hmm. We provide the security. We do the verification of each member that we get on. So it's what I call sometimes it's a Tinder for committees. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, what we're doing is we're building those financial identities that are invisible um, for a large majority of middle income. So that if somebody tomorrow goes and says that I want to be able to take a loan from a formal economy, they should be able to do it without tens and thousands of paperwork. Yeah. So one of the questions is like, so I, you know, when I first found out about Iran and you guys said you guys are, uh, what, what I found out was you guys are digitizing mm-hmm. communities, mm-hmm. right? Committees. I, yeah, sorry, communities. Committees. <laughs> so um, I took that information back and I told um, my in-laws about it and their first response was, but then doesn't that mean it's going into a bank? I know you guys have answered mm-hmm. this, but let's, yeah. to, to make it explicitly clear, doesn't that mean the money is now going into a bank? That's the only way to digitize it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And at which point doesn't it start incurring tax? Was their biggest concern? How yeah. do you get around something? So like we a- have purposely gone out uh, for, towards salaried income uh, individuals. They're paying taxes already. What they're not doing is filing taxes. Yeah, okay. where yeah. the difference is, and what our conversations with a lot of these women that we work on a regular basis is, they're like, oh, but uh, if I file taxes, I, like they they have a problem in documenting this this income of theirs and. Our question and our concern is you've actually done, you've paid taxes the source of your income. Yeah. This is just money that's being rotated. The minute you become a tax filer, the fees that in gets incurred from movement of money from one bank to another bank actually reduces considerably. By half. By half. by half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you are at benefit if you are taking part in committee through this platform. So, yeah. All right. So I guess two people that are listening, what is, how would you say, okay, you've, you've talked about this massive problem of the GDP versus savings and stuff like that. How would you encourage people? What are the steps that they can take to help uh, contribute to this, that can help solve this problem? Yep. So first of all, if you're looking to raise a capital and you've not been able to raise it from the formal economy committee is a great way. Come to us. We will help you manage it. We'll help. Uh, we'll find the right rishta for you. In the ah. 
uh, don't worry about that. Um, the second thing is if you are on the so there are different levels a person goes through, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you talk about um, com- being completely financially illiterate to be having medium financial literacy to being very advanced. If you're at the advanced level where you have a pool of capital lying around, whether it is in a bank or whether it's just cash at home. Put that into a formal economy. There are yeah. so many options available from government um, saving certificates, certificates mm. to mutual funds to saving accounts. Increase the value of money that's sitting and lying around and doing nothing because you are actually losing the value on yeah. that cash, yeah. which is really dumb. Yeah. So, and you can actually, if you put that money into a saving certificate or into a mutual fund, you're putting it in the formal economy, you're actually benefiting the economy and helping and this country. Yes, and yourself. I think it's so important. So, Maya, you will know this. This was my favorite, the zero-sum game. Yeah. You know, the concept <laughs> yes. in economy that there yeah. is, you know, the, the thought is that my gain yeah if if i gain then somebody loses yeah. right yeah. and i think that's the unfortunate thing that we usually just assume that that's how it is but what if we were on a thing where there were absolute gains which what around yeah. sounds like yeah. you know everyone wins yeah you don't get a piece of the pie you just increase the size of the pie itself yes, yes absolutely and i think and I, and i appreciate that you know that there's that education element to that yeah. and you know this we need to we need to make that happen for us not in just you know let's say the financial sector mm-hmm. you know but in all spheres yeah at a personal level even uh, a lot of people a lot of women actually who come to us they're literally they they're saving money but they don't know where to put it they don't know what to do with it we on a, i don't know if you know this actually you know i've added you we have a women's only facebook group called around oh, committees yeah, 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 yeah. so what we do over there is we're constantly giving these women financial information yes we're telling them uh, what is the current like rate for savings accounts or what is the current return on national savings certificates and we're making it really fun and simple yeah my Basically. my favorite one was and I, i saw halima's comment as well and i'm like oh my god this makes so much sense yeah. the money we spend on snacks every day <laughs> yes. right and yeah. then it accumulates yeah. yes it and then accumulates. at the end you're like uh oh Yeah. 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 So These calories stuff. also cost. I know, right? <laughs> so, so we came up with this chai economics concept, yeah. uh, which is that every what, what was it like? 25? So if you're spending like 15 rupees every uh, day on chai, you're spending almost 11,000 rupees uh, by the end of the year on chai. Because you almost have like two cups a day. Yeah. Um, and and what we've done, like we've introduced such concepts in our financial literacy, and we've been able to measure the change in behavior that yeah. people have. actually cut down on their chai they were like they were so scared of this 11000 number they're like i will not drink two cups of the tea anymore the idea yeah. is that a lot of people complain about we cannot save because there the, the there's too much inflation and we cannot save because we don't earn that much i said okay let's let's like let's step back a little bit let's try to understand where are you spending your money i understand there's inflation but there's also big spending problem the, another problem with our economy is that we are very high on consumption and we're not tracking our spending the idea of budgeting for like these base small small things doesn't exist so that's something that's a behavior that we're trying to change as well that okay let's see track your spending and you will notice that actually you can save a little bit more then you thought you could and we've seen that happen we've seen in our sessions people are like oh yeah you're right i have been spending a lot of money trying to get like t 
tea every day or having ordering biryani every day for the office you know that these are small spending leaks and we need to chal- uh, target those as well so we talk about that then we say okay well if you want to save we have we have we are a platform that can help you save that can find your group to save so you can get your goals and if you have been saving we are also the platform that can help you invest your money so basically trying to cater to all three functions saving and investment nice yeah amazing amazing all right guys so if you could leave our audience and i think you guys have mentioned quite a few different things here but if each of you could leave the audience with one overarching message like just something that you'd like love to put on a billboard or something what would that message be i think there is enough there is a lot of opportunity available in this country it is about really understanding you can't build a product or a solution for everybody in one get go you have to really understand who you're building for and what is the problem that you want to solve and are you passionate and resilient enough to see it through um and then resilience is something that we as pakistani uh, lack unfortunately but on the flip side it's also like in our narrative you know we're so resilient uh, sure we're jugaros yes oh my god thank you really, like, i don't know if that's being resilient or not but yes. um if you're not in pakistan come back there is there is a lot of opportunity and it's really really exciting times yeah and what this country has done for you and given you an opportunity to be outside or abroad somewhere and contribute to their economy you can work 10 times less and do something great for the country so come back contribute and if you're here be resilient stay hungry and stay curious <laughs> yeah nice uh, and my message would be to all the savers in pakistan or potential savers in pakistan please uh research okay just research for options and don't panic uh, you have to put your money somewhere don't panic over inflation this is a cycle it will go down inshallah hopefully but research and start taking control of your finances the minute you start doing this that oh my spending is too high the prices are too high you're taking your control away from your money the whole idea is to get that control again and that's that is you have to review your finances and see how that can happen instead of complaining start researching start budgeting and start saving nice so what you're saying is don't absolve yourself of the responsibility yes. take ownership because yes. it's a two part thing yeah absolutely so absolutely. do your research yeah that's fantastic guys this was a super educational session for myself <laughs> for mo i think we've learned so much and i would i think we need to get you guys back on again for sure for love sure to thank you yeah. we'd um, love to come back and maybe you guys should start taking part in committees yeah <laughs> yeah I'm on the app okay <laughs> i'm on the facebook group <laughs> so um where can people find out more about what you do um so um there for women there is a women only facebook group called oran committees so please join that then there is an oran uh, facebook page uh, we have both android and ios apps we are constantly iterating our product building it based on what people uh, like and how they want it we are also on instagram also so, uh, you can visit our website it's oran.com yes. 
And if you want to take part in a committee, just go to Oran.com. Just click on Join Oran Committees and there you go. You'll be What's the part? spelling of Oran? O-R-A-A-N. Okay. All right. Like yes. a flight. Yes. Take got it. it. Yeah. It's one of the right spellings. <laughs> What's your handle on Instagram? Uh, my Oran. My Oran. Yeah. Yes. That's cool. All right. Okay. So look us up, guys. <laughs> um, and if you guys have any feedback at all, you guys can email at us at thelocalistpk at gmail.com. You can also download our podcast wherever good podcasts can be downloaded. Chances are, if you're listening to this, you've already figured that out. It's the Localist uh, Pakistan. Yeah. Yeah. So also, we've got our Instagram page, the Localist PK. We're on Twitter now. Like I said, it's like 2006 all over again. <laughs> um, at the Localist PK once again. We're on SoundCloud. I don't know what the link to that is, but we're on SoundCloud. <laughs> so and oh yeah, and please subscribe to our newsletter. It's it's so much fun. I like reading it. You will too. All right. So if you're listening to this while driving, don't be a dick and wear your seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs>